everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Town Social. Lots happened since we last spoke. Warnock's come back in and waved his magic wand and conjured up a very valuable three points against Birmingham at home. But we've got we've got a lot to discuss. What we're going to do, we're going to very briefly touch on the two games before that. Chicho's, well, reign, if you can call it that. The games against Wigan and Stoke. And then we'll move on to talk a bit about Warnock, what I can bring to the table and our prospects for the rest of the season. Touching on the Birmingham game. But lads, I want to start with Chicho's two games, the Wigan and Stoke game. What an absolutely diabolical couple of games that was. I've got to be honest, I didn't go to either. <laughs> um, I didn't even manage to catch the, the Wigan game. I, ju- I just listened to parts of it. It sounded absolutely atrocious. I watched the Stoke game, and I've got to be honest, that is the worst town performance I've seen. Not not in terms of score, because we've lost by more, obviously, but as a ra- rounded performance, the worst performance I've ever seen town serve up in 35 years have been alive. Guys, some of you went, so I'm going to go straight into it and ask you guys, how was your experience? Well, teacher's reign was short, but not so sweet. Eh? I think we um, we come to the conclusion if the club were going to give the role to somebody who wasn't experienced, that they might as well give it to that lad, because um, at least he understood the club. But, you know, I think he served up two really poor performances against, to be honest, Piss poor opposition. I think that's part of what made it worse for me was that both of those teams were absolutely there for the taking, and we and we didn't even didn't even lay a glove on them. Didn't even lay a glove on them. Um, you know, the Wigan game was was tight. I guess you could argue it one nil, but I mean, the Stoke I'm with you, Nick. I think I you know I've been watching Town since I was seven, and I'm fifty two now, and and that is possibly the the least heart I've ever seen from some from from a bunch of people wearing the blue and white shirt and I'd include I'd include some of the Premier League performances when we had a team full of mercenaries who didn't give a shiny. Um you know it, it was just bizarre. It was a poor selection. Uh, it was a poor performance. There was zero effort. The body language was horrendous. Um and not surprisingly the output matched all of that. You know there was some absolutely scandalous pieces of of, of incident. You know Boyle sending off was an absolute embarrassment. It, Gale had got inside his head 30 seconds before. I, I, you could see that coming. And, that he, you know, he didn't even have to make a decision. The ref, he made it easy. The substitutions, you know, the way he tried to change the team around, he actually made it worse, not better. Um, and Stoke won't have an easier three points all, all season. Um, you know, I guess the return the return of the Messiah might give us some hope and some, some optimism going forward, but... I can't help but feel that, you know, that we've closed the stable door after the horse has bolted. Um, you know, he'll give his opinion, no doubt, on whether Warnock will or won't keep us up. But, you know, I don't think anybody's in any doubt if the club had managed to do this six six games ago, eight games ago, I think we'd be looking at a very different um, table at the minute. But it is, it is what it is. Um, you know, I think... Uh, I think that's Chicho's opportunity of being the future manager of Huddersfield Town, done and dusted. Even if Neil walks off into the sunset at the uh, the end of the season, there. The uh, the Wigan game was one thing. Um, I'd, it was bad, but it wasn't awful. And then we walked into Stoke, and the thing that got me more wound up with the Stoke game is at that point, 
all the players knew Warnock was coming in. Everyone knew there was a change of manager coming in a few days later, the day after. And there was so much to play for. Yet, Town put in, from top to bottom, coach through all the players, as Nick said, as guys, the worst performance over 90 minutes I can ever remember, ever. Everything that could have gone wrong in that game went wrong. Every player played horrendously. You can start at the back, Vaklik. What what level is he supposed to have played at before? Fuck me. In the first half alone, he could have given away three goals. He's like Tin Man. He cannot move. For the first goal, for the first goal, first off, we look absolutely horrendous from every set piece in that game. So, and I know Stoke stereotypically are pretty good and target set pieces. They had it, they had us for dinner and time and time and time again. Lees gets out jumped at the back post. And we still got two guys on the post. Vaklik's running back like David Seaman from 2002 with Ronaldinho lobbing him from 95 yard. There's nothing in it. And it's just lobbing to the top corner. And that just epitomised the entire game for me. It was so bad on in individual errors and team errors. That was Vaklik's first mistake. And then two more after that. One where it's two foot in front of him and he's not able to come off his line and, and move because his body doesn't look to work quick enough just to get there. This is supposed to be a Champions League playing goalkeeper who's coming to save our season. He's not even... I mean, now we've gone back to a young Australian lad who's... who's, who's, who's looks so much better and he's played he's barely played for our B team and he looks such a more steadfast goalkeeper and something we can build upon on one game by Warnock than this uh, legendary keeper supposed to have been in Vaklik but he were awful defence is slow we've got no pace there whatsoever we've got dumb people dumb players making dumb mistakes when it comes to Boyle and he's swinging an elbow it's a relegation battle against a team in direct competition to stay in the championship and an experienced player like Will Boyle should know better than that. He's got dragged in there to something that he shouldn't have got bothered with, but he swung an elbow. And again, this is with a new coach starting the day after. I don't understand how that can happen. The best part of the game actually was that at Stoke, when a player gets sent off, they bring out the tunnel to walk him down so he can't get pelters from the away fans. Because I tell you what, if that one there, he was going to be in for some. He, he clapped, I think Warnock referenced it. He started clapping as he's walking off and everyone's dropping the sea bottle. People were frothing, absolutely frothing at him. Rightfully so, for something totally unnecessary and stupid that he's done. But he's just giving him a nice little clap as he's walking down the tunnel. And I'll be, I'll just, I'll be surprised if Warnock features him very much because I don't think he enjoyed that either. It were awful. But the game itself, it showed the problems we have and the problem that we have from the transfer recruitment in the summer. There's absolutely zero pace in that game. First 15 minutes of the Stoke game, town looked good on the ball. We, we worked up the field quite slowly because we don't have pace so we have to build up technically we did it but then what happens after 15 minutes once we tire Stoke worked out what they needed to do to beat us we'd work up slowly to the final third they win the ball back because we didn't have that last break or that we didn't take that last risk to get into the dangerous places and all Stoke had to do was knock the ball over the full backs heads so they were just turning around knocking it over and getting Gale to chase it time and time and time again it took us so long to work up the field and a second for them to turn us get us all the way back down the other end of the pitch and be able to press us in our own half. And after 15, 20 minutes, we weren't able to get out of our half. We have no pace in our football team or we had no pace in our football team until Hungbo came on later on, I think, in the game. And we looked all right at that. As soon as he came on, after we looked okay for about 10 minutes until Will Ball started getting swingy again. But that was the problem we had against Stokes. Stokes' little bit of pace just totally outmaneuvered anything we could do when it came to building up play slowly. I'd... I'd, I'd I walked away from the Stoke game at 70 minutes. I left. It was so bad. When Chicho's taken off Karoma, we're down to 10 men, 1-0 down, away from home against a team we're fighting with to stay up and we're starting to go more defensive. I don't know for that point. You could see what were coming. Players had gone. Stupid decisions. 
they weren't interested and I wasn't going to stay and be interested with it either. It was absolutely awful. The atmosphere was terrible. I, I, I can't remember one like it. It was a real strange, awful situation to be in. And there weren't that many town fans there. I don't know what the official attendance was, but I don't think there'd be, there wouldn't be quite a thousand there, but it was, it was, it was a really poor end um, for Chicho's, well, three games now this season, hasn't he had? <clears throat> but it, and I walked away convinced that nobody could get anything out of this team at all because it's rotten to the core from within of the players based upon the recruitment of the club over the summer. I was, I walked away hope, absolutely zero hope for anything this season. So then for what did come, obviously, on, on Saturday, it seems to me nothing more than an absolute miracle based on what we had to sit through on Wednesday night at Stoke. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's there's much more to add to to what you said, fellas. I think I think for me though, it just. I think I said this last time out. We, for for Chicho, I think he, like the others, probably fell into the trap of trying to be too clever. And and you know, I, I was saying this to Nick before, and you, as much as as kind of Warnock tongue in cheek talks about this uh, being a dinosaur. You know, we we actually have just gone back to being, um, you know, playing playing to the players' strengths to some extent, and and I thought definitely at, at Wigan, you know, we were hitting long balls to wag on, and it was just coming back and back and back, you know, and 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 we just we just struggle a to as Ian says to to get upfield with any kind of pace, but b it's. It's possession football, but it's not possession with purpose. You know, it's, oh, we'll try and keep hold of it. We'll try and keep hold of it. But it's almost a, we'll try and keep hold of it so that we don't have to defend for a period of time. You know, and it's, it, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing uh, kind of creative. And, and and again, I think, I think we've seen probably, hopefully signs this weekend where, where actually, if you play to some of the players' strengths, you know, you're going to get that little bit more out of them. But the thing that, that probably stuck in my throat a little bit was, and, and you alluded to it before, we stood at Chelsea, you know, Hoggy stood on, on fence at front, in front of all the fans, the players were throwing Wagner up in the air, you know, and probably other than Hoggy and Tommy Smith, none of them had an affiliation with Huddersfield Town. And you felt that they fought that day far more than than any of these guys today that played at Stoke and that played at Wigan. And to me, that's that's probably we went back to the start of summer and and they were they were all about this recruitment policy of how they get they get people into industrial units in clicky and then check out the mentality. Well, why don't you put them in a relegation fight and see what the mentality is? And to be honest with you, you they failed, haven't they? You know, so I think for me it's 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 yeah. It's back to it's it's back to the summer. It's it's rotten from the core. It's it's decisions made from the top. I think as we said last time out, the boardrooms lost the impetus, and it's just filtered through the club, you know. And hopefully we can get a bit of fun back into it. And and I think that for me, that's the one thing that Warnock seemed to have brought from the minute of walking through the the, the training ground, and you know, and and. Uh, and the interviews he's done, and I don't know if you watch that access all areas stuff. He's just quite jovial, you know. He's I don't think I don't think he's quite the the you've got to effing die for it uh, for three points kind of bloke um, all the time. I think actually he's he's 
a lot smarter than that. And and I think it's probably some of the stuff that people don't give him credit for. One of the things he walked into the uh, into the training ground, and Diara's up at the side, and he says, "Is that Diara?" And he went over straight away and just had a quick chat with him. And I think things like that, you know, are what has been lost from the uh, data-driven computer side of, of football these days. I think he's been quite cute, hasn't he, when he's come in, the, the way he's been. You know, he's almost making a joke out of our scenario and how mad he must be to take this on. You know, it's really clever and cute deflection from the scenario scenario we're in. Nobody spent a week talking about that. You know, since since he came in, the stock performance has not been discussed, not in the media, very little on the very little from the fans. Even it's almost like he's managed to put a, a real almost rule a line over under. Sorry, what's gone before, uh, and I think that's that was reflected, I guess, in in the in the Brum game, the people that played in the performance. Nick, he's come out and done what Dean all used to come out and do when it went shit. Warnock's come in and he's calmed us all down. We're, we're all refreshed. His press conferences were unbelievable when he came in because he gets it. He gets town fans, doesn't he? He gets football fans, but he gets Yorkshire people as well. His quote on Yorkshire people and Yorkshire town fans, sorry, uh, without doubt, is without doubt the best way to describe a Yorkshireman I think I've ever heard. In that people like Uddersfield fans or whatever, Yorkshire people are willing to forgive someone's lack of ability if they've got a bit of heart or something like that. That's, that's not verbatim, but that's what he's, that's what he's referring to. And that's Yorkshire for you. And he gets it, doesn't he? Honesty and integrity is so important to us. Probably more, for some reason more so than it appears most other people, a lot of other people in the country. But one gets it. And as soon as he comes in and talks like that, everyone's lifted. And and, and even before Birmingham, everyone had lifted, hadn't they? After, as soon as he came in on that Thursday, like I said, Stockport with Dead and Buried, no one really cared about it anymore. Apart from me, I'm still frothing. I'll be mad about it for months. And no one else cares. They're back on to Saturday. And it's good. And I think we had to have that. We had to have that because to flush out the shit we've had for the last few months, it had to be something really new and fresh. And rather than Dean Hall coming out and doing it, it seems to be worn off. But fair play to Dean Hall and Phil, I guess, if he's got any say in, in Baldwin or whatnot, whoever has a decision to bring Warnock in. I don't think there's anything else they could do, but it does show, without any shadow of a doubt, the town need and want to stay in the championship. Because it, we can... Well, you can, none of us here can pretend it's a cheap move to bring Warnock in. It will not be a cheap move to bring him in. Warnock's come in saying he must be stupid to take it, and unfortunately for, fortunately for us, he is. It feels like a bit of a swan song, doesn't it, for him? It feels like it might be his last appointment and he wants to come back here and help us out a little bit. Of course, for the right money, no doubt about it. But it, it doesn't look to be one of those where it'd appeal to anybody. We were talking about it last time we recorded. Coaches like to come in and find a striker or some way to score goals. And now we all looked at the squad, me especially, louder than anybody else, thinking this fuck all way, we're going to score any goals in here. Yet, first time this season, is it? I'm guessing we've come back from a goal down to win. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. We might have done it before this season, but we've barely won any games. So it's not, not much of a guess to say we haven't done it or we've only done it once. Straight away, well, found away. Sorry, I'm just because I mean, I've criticised the club no end, but you know, they will have had to sell that to Warnock. You know, that won't have been a given. Just, you know, I, although he isn't all romantic as I am. I think he'll have said, well, you know, this might be my last last swan song. I want a chance of actually being a success. You know, I actually think the club probably had to... The money will have been important, you're right, but I think they'll have had to sell it to him. You know, and, and he'll get freedoms that have not been afforded to any manager since David Wagner's second season. You know, he'll be he'll have the, the freedom to do what he wants and operate in a way that he sees fit and it won't be challenged, which I guess questions the Lee Bromby scenario at the minute, but I guess that's a 
perhaps a topic for another day. But you know, I, I think I've seen some comments from the QPR um, fans. They were absolutely shattered because I think they were hoping they were going to bin Critchley off, and he was going to be their savior. So you know, Warnock's still a man in demand, and and I think I, I'm absolutely over the moon we got him. It's win-win as well, isn't it? It's win-win for the club, guys, because if it goes wrong and we get relegated, no one can sit here and say, oh, the club didn't try and rectify it after after getting rid of Fotheringham. They have. Is it too late? We'll go on to that in a bit. But when it comes to the playing side of it, maybe. But coaching-wise, they couldn't have done any more at that point than to bring in the best available. And he's better than any of us thought available. When we saw, um, if you saw him on betting uh, slips, you'd be thinking, nah, not a chance. There's no way he's going to come. I don't think any of us could have realistically sat here we all sat wanting Wilder. Now, I'd have still wanted Wilder because I'd prefer long-term. Wilder would be an option, probably. We would still have been relegated this season, but then we could have built from him next year, maybe. Warnock won't be here next year, regardless of what happens. We know that. There's no way he'll, he'll, he'll stay out after the summer. But there's no way we expect him to come in. But now, yeah, all, all the fans have been appeased. All of us have, have to sit down today. Fair enough, Tom. You've really got some sort of intent here to fight and stay in the championship. Because when we got relegated from the Premier League, there were no fight shown was there whatsoever. The, the, this urgency to stay in the championship was missing in that season. And that is a huge positive already. And regardless of what happens from here on out, at least they've sat up and thought, nah, fuck it. Now, it might be a financially driven thing again, of course. And, and that does change things quite a lot. But at least they've gone out and brought in the best available. So again, fair play to that, Tom. You're not getting many uh, positives or plaudits out of me this year, but for, for bringing Warnock back in this situation where we are, really is is it's to be applauded. I think it's just gathered a bit more trust back from the fans, hasn't it? I think I think pretty much all of us could have safe, safely said, particularly after that Stoke game, we completely not and utterly lost trust. We you know with with what we're going on, we were a bit disillusioned with what we're going on, and you know and and I think it, it's 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 the most obvious decision to make since probably. Uh, putting Peter Jackson in charge of the, the the lads to get them get us out of Division Three sort of thing, you know, it it just feels like absolutely the right move, and 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 really, I think as you're saying, as much as we like Wilder and we all sh- shout for Wilder, I'm not sure he would have got us out of this mess at this point. I think it would have been with a view to to going again next year, you know, and and you just feel. Um, could there be something? Could could we just sneak it? You know, and and to some extent, that's probably the enjoyment for the rest of the season. It's you know, it's it's that thing of he keeps just getting a performance out of them and getting a performance out of them. And could we do it? Could we do it? You know, and and to be quite honest with you, after that Stoke game, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine any of that. So. Yeah, it, for me, it's, it's brought a bit, bit of enjoyment back and a bit of a smile back to, to the place. I think it's the only choice we could have made, really, for... I, I'm amazed that he took it. As I said before on, on the previous pod, I'd be amazed if someone with that level of experience took it and I thought he'd retired, he was out of it, and you look at where we were and the performances we were putting in and we are just rock bottom. I mean, he's, he did say that he'd done it as a favour to Dean. I do, I do wonder if um, Dean's still struggling quite a bit with illness. Um, I mean, we, we've not seen him as much as we used to do. I think, I think it's pretty obvious that whoever wants to buy the club has stipulated they will only do it if it's a championship club, because we're, we're obviously going all out to try and keep it. 
So it looks like he's done it as a bit of a favour, and he and I, he said on Talksport, didn't he? He'd only come back after and take a job. He, he puts these little hints out, doesn't he? And he and he did say he'd only take a job after Valentine's Day, and lo and behold, is is uh, is exactly what he's done. It, it it's a great appointment. He he just gets it done. He gets Huddersfield. He gets football. He's 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 got that experience. He knows what football fans want. He he says the right things, you know, and and he knows that. True, all really true football fans, not just Sudderfield fans, but any football fan just wants to see players giving their absolute all for the club. You know, we, we know we're not going to win every game, but we want to have a go, don't we? And we want to see entertainment. And that's all I've been crying out for all season. It's it's been boring. We've 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 not created enough chances. We've not scored enough goals. We we uh, there's games where we just haven't even looked like we've been in the game. So I know I'm confident now with Warnock that we are going to be a different outfit. We are going to be competitive, and you know, from where we were against Stoke, it don't get much. It don't get any lower than that. The the only way is up. I I think it is too late. If it had been here a month before, then I think we could have even been mid table. To be honest, with the games that we played, the points we've thrown away, is it too little, too late? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But it's it's a mountain to climb with these sort of fixtures. And the fact that other teams around us have started picking up a few points as well is going to be difficult. But we're going to have heart, we're going to have determination and desire. And that's, you know, he's a, he's a man manager. That's exactly what I said before. It's what Huddersfield Town need as a football club and what the players, the calibre of players that we bring in, they're not going to be the most skillful. What they need is a man manager, someone to get an arm around them, to support them, develop them to bring them on, especially these younger players. And that's exactly what Warnock's going to do. And we saw the benefits of that straight away in the in the Birmingham game. The the effort was upped by at least 50%. The endeavour, the work rate, the team effort. Just the just the general feel around the place was completely different. You know, getting to the ground, usually getting quite early and take my seat quite early. I mean, I would say it's like soaking the the atmosphere, but fuck all atmosphere usually before before game starts. But I'm not going to moan about the pre-match stuff. But I like the fact that there was some '90s music on the uh, on the system. A little nod back. I I did enjoy that. Um, but you saw it. You know, there were people earlier in the ground. There were that buzz, weren't there? There were that anticipation, waiting for him to come out to be announced, and that the whole place just seemed it just seemed to lift a little bit. He just brought that little bit of hope back to cling on to. Obviously, in typical town fashion, we fucked it up at the start, conceded within five minutes, um, just to really, really dampen everyone's bonfire. But, you know, massive credit to the players. They, they stuck in it. They stuck in the game. And you could see Warnock on the touchline at every stoppage. He was getting around the players, getting into them, talking to them. You need to do this. You need to do that. We saw players running off the ball making runs for the first time in God knows how long, leaving a player up from a corner. You know, a few times there were players, everybody went back from the corner. I remember, I think it was Tyree Simpson, we both, him and Jepson were screaming at him, get up the pitch. You're no good over there. Get up the pitch and then we've got an out. And that's exactly what happened with the goal. We had players further up. We broke quickly. We were able to break quickly for the first time in forever before the other team could reset. And that just gave us that space to create the goal. It's just these simple little little things, little tweaks that, that make a massive difference. Yeah, maybe, you know, some of it is old school, but what's wrong with old school? You know, we're all trying to complicate things now. You know, everyone from League Two upwards is trying to play Barcelona S football. 
and it doesn't sometimes it just doesn't work. All it needs is just long ball up front, you know, try and get more than one person in the box to get on the end of it. From what I could see, it was a massive improvement. There's a lot to work on. There's a hell of a lot to work on still. We still need to create more. On another day, we might have conceded more. We were, you know, Birmingham did it the post before we scored the, the second, and you know, Dean should have scored. They were, they were a sitter in missed, but we had, we had some, we created some good chances as well. So it's an improvement. It's a start. It's a bit of hope. It's the hope that kills you. But I mean, what 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 did you guys think to it? Because I was, it just felt happier, didn't it? The whole situation just felt happier, and we did we, for once in the whole season. Having someone in with that experience, the club looked like they gave a shit for a start because they've actually done something. They've gone out and done something constructive to try and save us. The whole fan base and the the team, everything seemed to just start to be gelling again and 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 working in cohesion a little bit. Like you say, it's early days, isn't it? Um, I mean, I was when they were playing the music. I was twenty three again. God, I had some great times. Um. But you know, I, I you know, I, I was delighted to see him anyway. Um, I think we're all we're all now saying, oh, these managers that they, they overcomplicate, and and we have to accept that that is the way of the game now. And 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 I think Neil will be probably the last of his kind. I, I just don't think there'll be another another Neil Warnock in in football management because it's too sanitized. Um, but he did everything I would have wanted him to do, which is. He, he he dumped the underperformers. All right, you can Boyle got sent off, and we think Pearson's injured. They said Vaklik's injured. I don't think the bloke's ever been uninjured. Looking at him, I mean, how he passed a medical, I have absolutely no idea. But yeah, you know, I, I have a feeling that they got him and Ronnie got amongst them the day before and looked some people in the eyes and said, "Do you want this? Are you up for this?" Because if you're up for it, we'll go on this journey together. And I think I think he picked the team on the basis of that. Because other than watching videos and and a one day's training, he didn't have a lot to go for. You know, he, he played. I mean, I've called it simple football. I mean, when I was when we talked about Luton before, we talked about simple football, and, and in some ways it was. They played the percentages. So the one thing that is for sure is the opposition can't score if you've got the ball in their final third. So quick transitions were the order of the day. But actually, what we did, what the players did do in the game is they made some good decisions. So when we went long, we went long almost. I mean, like you say, with a, not with a purpose, but we, we were playing to our plan. So we tried to pick corners. We tried to pick, you know, instead of just knocking it long, we were picking corners and winning throws and winning corners, which which really worked. You know, the players looked like they were willing to put the body in the line. I thought that I thought the back three were amazing. Matt Lawton, who I have I don't know what he did to Matt Lawton, you know, a guy who's meant to be a high standard championship right back who's been garbage. He went to play left side of a back three and he was unbelievable. You know, those back three, I thought, in the day had a, had a fantastic game. And, and, you know, and I just thought we showed some character. You know, that that goal, I'm convinced A, he was offside and B, it was a shot from Bakuna. So, you know, that the goal was really unlucky. But, they, you know, they actually didn't let their heads down. And I think you picked up on it, Nick. What I was really pleased to see was... When we were breaking and the wingers were getting the ball, they were looking up and there were three and four bodies to it in the box. Instead of one, instead of Ward against eight players like we normally have, there were bodies in and among. So, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna have some exciting games between now and the end of the season. There's a risk we're gonna take some hammerings, by the way. You know, I think the way that the way that Warnock's gonna play it is I think there's some risks that Bur- a team like Burnley might dismantle us and do us four or five or six. But I think it's going to be exciting, and and you know I think I've seen 
few people say we were lucky to beat Birmingham, but you know, we had two off the line. And how on earth we didn't get a penalty for that foul on Rodoni? The blowing right through the back of him, I still don't know. So, listen, I was I was as delighted on Saturday as I was disappointed again after the Stoke game. I mean, it couldn't be more yin and yang, could it? So, good start, but a long way to go, I think. Well, we started attacking like Stoke attacked us. That's what we did. We started hitting the corners and finding pace. That's We did exactly to Birmingham what Stoke did to us. One is a clever guy. He knows what he's doing. He, just, he sounds like a bit like my granddad, though. He's going a bit more granddad it when afterwards he's like, hey, you wouldn't have thought me would be playing Ungbo up front, would you? Well, look at that. Didn't expect that one, did they? It's like joking this out. Like, go on, man. Fight yourself on the back. You've earned millions saved so many clubs, but fuck me, putting Ungbo up front, that's what you'll be remembered for, Neil, mate. Fantastic, but it did work. It worked so well. We didn't know we had a striker in him there, but he 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 changed the game. But the other thing he did, which is a secret, and I don't know if I should be fucking even saying it on here, right? Our game plan in attack when Bilica, how do you pronounce it? Is it Nick Bilakapachi? What is it, Nick? Come on, guys. Bilakapitch, isn't it? Is it Nick. Patch? Well, when Nick's getting it, a goalkeeper, he's looking for every single time he's getting it though. It's Heedley he's looking for. He's our fastest guy at the back who can drive it forward. Every time we're getting the ball, he's running to the edge of his box and he's looking around for Eadley. That's exactly where we were looking for every time he got it because he's pretty good on the ball going forward. Defensively, I think he's suspect. But he's that important for us going forward. That's why I think we go with the back three. We can have fullbacks that are not necessarily the greatest in defence. And that's why Kasumu can do a role there if you've got three proper solid centre-backs. That's why Lawton is an experienced guy. If you're not the fastest wing back or full back, you can play centre back. It's not that much of a change. It really isn't, especially as a back three. So fitting him in there at left at left centre back of a back three isn't that radical, really, to me. But it was all to allow Heedley to perform as he did, and I didn't expect that coming. Where's that come from? We're amazing, unbelievable on counter attacking to have a guy that didn't really do pull anything up at Harrogate, I don't think. And then when he's in our B team, we didn't really get too much of him, did we? And all of a sudden, at first team scoring. Set one up, looking like bloody Cristiano Ronaldo when he's getting ball going forward, taking the pick. He was so good as, as that guy getting it, transitioning throughout the thirds. It's so difficult because like you've been saying, we haven't played football with intent. Tristan, you were talking about it. In possession of the ball, we had no intent going forward, nothing. It was just like pedestrian, shit scared of losing the ball. So it was about retaining possession. And statistically, when you look at it, oh yeah, well, we had 54% possession. It's irrelevant possession if you can't do anything with it. Stuff it, it's worthless. It's worth nothing. The way we were playing on Saturday, it had intent every single time. Yeah, and it's not going to work every time. It's not. You're going to lose the ball a lot more. You are. But the way we play is getting the ball up the field quickly. If you're making mistakes, you're further forward. It doesn't cost you the same either. I thought the way we went about it on Saturday is the only way we can play with the team that we've got. You've got to work out how you can attack and score goals and just do it that way, regardless of how you want to attack. That's the thing, and that's what Warnock does. It's not how he wants to do it. It's how the team needs to do it to be able to achieve. And he's the best in the business at it. Now, it does undercomplicate things, doesn't it? It does. And, and I think that's why now in this era, long-term success can't really be got without that. But for a guy to come in on a short-term contract to get the most out of a team that he can't change, but he can only work with what he's got, he is the best at it. And Saturday showed it. I thought... We're never going to be a team in with the players that we've got where we're going to dominate games. It's just not going to happen. And if anyone's expecting that to happen, it's just not. The way we won on Saturday is the way we're going to have to win from now until the end of the season. It's a bit like when Carlos did it. They're not going to do it any as well as Warnock. They had a lot better players than Warnock has available now. But they did something very similar. They, 
They, they found ways to win with a team that they had and were bloody good at it. And yeah, they took a couple of hammerings, they did. But overall, they were unbelievable compared from what they came in, from what they had at the start of the season performance-wise. They were so much better. We expect more from Warnock, but I think he's dealing with, with, with less players. I'd, I'd just love him. I absolutely loved it. I love that Ward trained or, or barely trained and barely played. Next minute he's calling him, hey, Dan, you're good, mate. You're good to go Saturday. Next minute he's playing. But the part that I loved the most was in his conference after the game, or was it Monday he gave it? He's not going to train again until Thursday because he's not entirely ready to play, but he'll be ready to play on Saturday because that's what you fucking do. You target the three points. You target the Saturday. Fotheringham's in saying, well, if you don't train for me, then you won't be playing. Well, he didn't train for him. They didn't play for him. And we didn't win any games. That's how you can't be when you're a squad like we are that's a poor squad with very few players that can make that difference between losing and winning. You've got to treat them differently. One that knows that is an experienced guy. And, and that, for me, coming out of the game was the biggest positive. Listening to it, it's refreshing when you hear it like that. He gets it. And what he gets, he also gives us a chance. It gives us a little tiny chance now to continue it. I think coming back from 1-0 down to winning 2-1 is the best thing that could have happened on Saturday. We could have smashed them 5-0. And then you go into Burnley, but you've learned nothing because Burnley are 10 times better than Birmingham are. And until Town go 1-0 down again, you don't know what the character of the players are going to be. Because against Stoke at 1-0 down, you saw them fall on their ass. They did. I did think the first goal was offside, by the way. And they, it, a bit unlucky, baby, when they hit the post. But then again, that's football, isn't it, for you? Stoke, we were terrible. A 1-0 down, we hit the bar from our header. We could have gone into half-time 1-1 there. And the most undeserved 1-1 in the history of football. Town deserved that win on Saturday with the way they played. Effective football at its finest. And it, again, like you say, not all coaches can coach teams into winning the way that he did on Saturday. Neil did for us for town. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I'll be buying it. I've bought a ticket to go on. I'm not expecting the same on Saturday at Burnley, but I'll be going again. I've got my belief back anyway. And I thought Birmingham were decent opposition, by the way, I have to say. I thought they looked, you know, they looked a team. They had some good individuals and I thought they looked a decent side. I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be in the relegation battle. You know, so I actually, it's this, you know, this wasn't another Wigan off dog that rolled into town that we've managed to steamroll or another team that's struggling and no confidence. You know, they looked a good side. And, and, and so not only did we do a job, we did it against a decent team, I think. Some good players, Birmingham. Um, I mean, let's pick a, I mean, we've talked about a few players. Eadley, I remember seeing him. I went to Harrogate for a game against Bradford and, uh, and he were playing then. And he was by far, I think he scored as well that day. And he was were, he were by far the standout player from both sides. And I remember the, the Harrogate fans raving about him, absolutely raving about him. Because we had a few players on loan, didn't we, at the time? And, and they were raving about him. And even the, the I, I remember seeing on social media when we recalled him back and like even the Bradford fans wanted him because they were impressed with what they saw of him. Because he tore him apart in in both games, but he's a lot of potential. I love the attack mindedness, the willingness to get forward, the bravery. I'd, the problem is, I just hope that that ain't coached out over the years. And as we focus more on the defensive side, we sort of neglect the attacking side because he need, he needs to keep that. You know, his his pace and his energy and his directness was was brilliant, and it's great second goal. It, the touch to set it up and then just the finish off the off the post and in with power, precision. Fantastic. Really, really good. Really, really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in future. Bilokovic, I, 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 a lot of people criticized his distribution. And yeah, he, he had a couple of he had a couple of balls that 
that could have uh, that could have cost us that hit off um, that <laughs> that could have easily hit off our players and or one of them and done a hef and gone in. But I would much rather see a keeper with the confidence to do that kind of long distribution because you may concede the odd goal, but it'll also create them. And that's exactly what I did. Birmingham had a hand in both goals with his distribution, quick thinking. He's confident. He's calm as well. He's a very calm, for his age, he's very calm and collective for a keeper, which you, you don't often see players that age. So I think we've got a bit of the gem there. Back click, I mean, he looks like he looks like he's been stuffed, doesn't he? Like I've I've no I've no against a lot personally. Like it's not it's not his fault we signed him, but I mean I've I've X-rayed people on orthopedic wards for knee replacements that can bend the knees better than him. Like honestly, you see that video of him white waddling, like reckoning to reckoning to gear up for yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And they didn't like, even but, delete it after about eight hundred no. comments, absolutely ripping the like, piss what? out of him. The they didn't delete it. That was the best thing. Like what? I don't. We just signed these players with injuries, and then expect. I don't know what we're expecting though, because it were obvious he'd it failed the medical before we even went in for him. So I don't. I don't understand. I really don't understand that signing. Yeah, he, he's a fantastic keeper when fit, but he, I mean, could sign Messi with a broken leg. He's not going to do all for us, is he? It just doesn't make any sense. But you know, Belokovic, I'd, I'd, I'd stick with him. I thought he was. Re- he's never really let us down in the games he's played. I can't remember him making any glaring errors for us. Um, so so why not? Why not stick with him and um, and see how he does? I thought Hellick and Ward were outstanding. Ward looked like it was a throwback to last season at times watching him. Actually making intelligent runs, dragging defenders away, holding the ball up, bringing people into play. I mean, it's obvious that he's, we wouldn't have seen that with Overham. We, we wouldn't have seen him rest at season. And that, that just shows you with, yes, he's worked with Warnock a lot. He's, he's had him at different clubs, so he's going to give extra. But just the experience to just ring him, you know. Let's not go, just go off what the physio says. Let's actually speak to the player as a human being and see what they're capable of doing. Can you play? Yes, right, well, you're in then. Same with Elik. You know, the, these are our, some of our best players. We need them. And even if they can only perform, you know, for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, well, great, let's get them on. So, I, I you know, I, I, I really, really good. Really, really good performances from those. But just the whole team, it just looked more of a team effort. It looked more of a collective effort. We looked like we had a plan for a change, which would you, we, you look at the Stoke, what were we doing? What was the plan? What what, what were we trying to do? I, I, I still can't think, I still don't know now what we were trying to achieve there. What about Kasumo? Right, wing back. That's a bit of a surprise, but bags of energy. Did all right, I thought. Yeah, I think, I think there was some real... Kind of, uh, I think you, you've probably hit the nail on the head. There were some real cute things that that Warnock did that were actually pretty simple. You know, the defense focused on focused on defending. You know, Tom Lees and and Loughton, and and I think Warnock joked about Loughton as well. He says something on the lines of, uh, "Loughton did really well until he thought it was Beckenbauer with his left foot." Uh, and and you know I think that's the I think that's the uh, the personality and the relationship he has with the players that they trust him and but they trust him to make those kind of comments knowing it's tongue in cheek and it's not meant you know a little bit unlike following and making comments and 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 obviously people kind of being passed out to some extent 
I think he I think he's just gone in and he's he's made some quite simple um differences. Wardy up front for me was just an outlet. You know, we we've absolutely cried out for somebody to occupy their defenders and, and Waghorn wasn't doing it. In fairness to him, Rhodes seemed to do it a little bit. Um but you know, you weren't getting kind of ninety minutes out of Rhodes. And 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 Wardy went and, and did it and and as Ian alluded to Hungo just it, it was genius, wasn't it? Really, you know, just someone buzzing about their defenders, pulling them every which way, sort of thing. But then, then equally allowing Rodoni the the kind of um, the freedom to head out head out to the left wing as well. I thought I thought worked quite well, and him and uh, him and Headley seemed to you know they seemed to work really well down that kind of left hand side with things. But yeah, it just. I think some of the players, you know, after six minutes going one nil down, you kind of thought, sort of, Lord Mayor's parade, and yeah, it's it's been and gone, and 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 then you know you, you still saw some of the frailties there, and but he seemed to have galvanised them a little bit, and and I just thought that it 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 was it was quite refreshing to see. I don't think at, at any point during the season we we would have seen that to some extent. Um and 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 the other thing, and I think I think Nick you touched on it, um he was out and he was Walnut was telling people what to do. When we played when we came back after the World Cup, we played when we played at Sheffield United, we looked we looked completely out of ideas and Hoggy came on at half time and all of a sudden Players, he was telling players almost which way to face to receive the ball, and you know, and where they need to be stood. And 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 I thought Warnock did that on Saturday. You know, him and him and Jepson were were screaming at people. They were telling they were telling fullbacks to tuck in. They were telling Kasumu to tuck in. You know, uh, ball had gone up the pitch. Kasumu's kind of wandering in no man's land. And we've seen it this year. They, they get caught out of possession. They get caught completely in no man's land. Ball goes. As Ian said, ball goes over full back and and away a team goes and you know the 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 scoring goal. So I thought there was just some quite simple changes that that Warnock brought in and 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 probably most of all with that, I think he just brought a bit of happiness and a bit of a you know a bit of a jovial attitude to it and and some of the players seem to seem to warm to that. I think. Did you see Kasumu's interview after the game when they asked him and he, he said he said, Well, yeah, well, yeah, but he's Neil Warnock, isn't he? You know, and he's a young man. So he, you know, even he knows, even he knows about Warnock's reputation and he's managed to rub off on him in less than 48 hours. You know, that that's that's such a positive. And I and I think I think that that can only help only aid our cause, that kind of positive mindset can only aid our cause because we're going to have some downs. We're going to have some lows over the next the next few months, aren't we? And, and his ability to keep both the fans and, and the team in the right place mentally is going to be vital to giving us a chance because if we've got a Burnley next next week and get a tubbing, which is more than possible, by the way, you know, what 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 we can't have is everybody back to the old, you know, the end is nigh. Uh, but I don't, you know, in the camp, I can't see that happening with Warnock in charge at the minute. That's not going to make or break our season at Burnley, is it? But, I mean, it'd be great to get a point or even a win, but Burnley haven't lost at home all season. They've completely destroyed the league. It's 
on paper it looks almost now and impossible to get a result, but it's it's not played on paper, is it? And maybe for a bit, I've noticed Warner talking them up, saying, "Oh, we'll be lucky to, you know, we could easily lose five or six, and they're amazing." And maybe a little bit of psychology coming in there. Maybe could we catch them on an off day? Maybe a bit of complacency. Could we nick something? Possibly great wouldn't it but if like you say guys if if it goes wrong and we lose three or four nil or whatever you know we, we we've got to dust ourselves down and there's still 13 winnable games because really to me i don't know about you guys but burnley's the only decent side i've actually seen this season like even sheffield united and teams like that they're, they're faltering a bit millwall look pretty good um but like like your Norwiches and West Broms, you know, they, they, they dip, you know, they, they've all got potential to have off days. And I've not seen any team that's been, that I've said, wow, these are amazing, really, apart from Burnley. So, yes, it would be depressing to lose, but it's, it's not going to be, that's not going to make or break our season. There are other more, you know, if we look at the next two, <laughs> on the other hand, lose them two. And then you've got to think we're toast. We, you know, Coventry and Bristol at home, we need to be trying to win at least one, arguably both, which is a tall order because they're not bad teams, but we're at home. We've, we've got every chance there. What what do we, how, how do we see Burnley? What, what are our predictions, lads? <laughs> do we dare make a prediction? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, Sadly, I think it'll be a, a big L. Um, I, I just, I just, I, don't know, I hope we don't get a tub in, and I just hope we 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 have a little bit of a go and cause them one or two issues, which I think we're capable of playing the way we played on on Saturday and keep that confidence going because the players will know that Burnley are a they're a Premier League team in, in waiting, aren't they? They they spent although they sold a lot of players for big money, they brought in some real real quality as well. So you know they're a side that are absolutely on a roll and on a run, but. Every team loses a game eventually, don't they? So why why not? You know, right? Why why not? I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but why not? You know, why not? Why can't we take a point from them? I think I think from from my perspective, I think I think we've got to go and just try and frustrate them, you know, and and just try and get amongst them a little bit. I think they, they obviously. They've been drilled to within an inch of the life, haven't they, Burnley? We saw it in the first game of the season, and and if you can if you can interrupt and and disrupt all those kind of patterns, you know you've probably got a little bit of a chance. Uh, I, I know last night they they kind of um, they drew in in the in the last few minutes. I think I think there's a possibility that perhaps there possibly is a little bit of burnout there. They play at such a high. Kind of intensity, and I don't, I don't believe there's a massive squad at Burnley. So you know, as 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 you say, guys, I think probably two weeks ago we we won't even be dreaming of saying this, but possibly this is the magic of what Warnock brings is is you know is a little bit of hope, and and could it possibly happen? You know, I think I think what what we can say is it'll be different, and and he'll he'll have thought about it. And and probably you know it it'll be different again. I mean, uh, Loughton isn't allowed to play, so I think probably for me I, I won't go near Boyle. I'd I'd, I'd probably try and give uh, Edmonds Green a go just for a bit of 
uh, mobility at the back. Um, but other than that, I think I'd probably stick with a, the, a relatively similar squad. As far as I'm aware, uh, Headley's no injured, uh, n- n- no longer injured, and he's it was just a bit of a knock. So I'd probably go with the same squad again. I don't really think it's one you look at town to get anything from. I think more importantly this weekend, it's one you look at the other fixtures in the championship to see where we're likely to find ourselves at the end of the game. Because we're already going into it four points away from safety, aren't we? And um, But we have got the game in hand, but game in hand when you're bottom of the league, you'd rather the points. I'd rather be sat where Cardiff are now than we are. Um, and even Rotherham, we're going to point the five points above us. But they've got a better goal difference as well. Although I suppose the two goal swing, if they've got to lose and we've got to win to catch them up, it doesn't actually matter too much. It's more or less equal. But this weekend, do the teams around us, you're looking at um, Wigan are at Preston. So it's a game that you get something there. Rotherham are at Swansea. I know it's away, they can get something there. Blackpool are at Reading. So they're away, but you can get something there. So I suppose one of the good things this weekend is everyone else seems to be away. Cardiff are at Norwich as well, um, which is obviously a really tough place to go. So... I think more importantly for us this weekend is that those four teams can lose. If they all lose, it doesn't actually really matter, I think, what town do this weekend because Burnley are that good. To expect anything out of going to there is ridiculous. A point would be a miracle, but maybe with Warnock it gives us a chance. I'm not expecting anything. I'd even consider throwing it back to an old-school Warnock. Uh, Wagner Day, putting a shite team out and, and just accepting a defeat to move on to a, to another day. But I don't think the next game for us is for a while, is it? It's not the week after. It's, well, it's a full week after Coventry on the 4th of March. So if there'd have been a midweek game, I'd, I'd have started targeting. I would have done. I don't think Warnock does it that way, but that's what I'd have been doing. Um, Burnley are fantastic, though, are they? They have to be probably the best team that's graced the championship for the last 10 years anyway. I can't remember anything anywhere near as good. Um, so to expect to go there and get anything, I, I, I'm not. I don't think Warnock is going to shut up shop either and keep 11 behind the ball. It'll be pretty open. Um, and we'll try and hit him on the counter again. But it's more importantly, everybody else also suffers and um, we don't lose any more more space um, between us and getting out of this trouble, really, I think, this weekend, which is a quite a defeatist way to look at it, I guess, but a realistic one as well. It won't be any of this. Burnley will be all tip-tappy football and we'll just hit it long over the top and get get wing-backs forward and try and go in behind. That's that's what it'll be. Um Maybe try and get something from a set piece, although we've not we've not scored any set piece goals for a while, have we? Um, yeah, tough tough game, but that that's the beauty of football, isn't it? You you just never know. Even even the top teams of the Premier League drop points sometimes to, to lower sides. You, you you just don't know if we're organised. We've got a plan. We've got a bit of belief. Who who knows? Burnley are pr- practically promoted, aren't they? To be honest, so are they going to be playing with the same intensity? I don't know. Maybe they'll be a bit complacent. We'll. We'll see. Interesting. I just want to touch on, we had some comments from Sauber as well, didn't we? Um, a day or so ago about his exit and that he was really frustrated not getting any game time. I mean, there's a few, there are a few rumours flying around Sauber, you know, since he came back from the World Cup and his head turned a bit, did he think he was better than town? Was he in hope for the fight or was it just fall out of favour with Fotheringham and just wasn't picked? It sounds like if you believe what he's saying, he fell out of favour and just wasn't picked. What do you guys make of it? Because it would have been great to have had him as an option. Obviously, by sending him out on loan, it freed up a bit of money, so maybe you know it allowed us to bring in like Umbo and some other uh, players. But 
I've got to be honest, when I've seen him this season, he just he's not looked anything like the player was last season. His set players were still okay, although people said they dropped off massively. He still he still created quite a few chances. He was our top chance creator earlier in the season. I think it'd been great to have had the Sabre last season for the fight, but to me, he just didn't look up for it. There was something off to me. Um, now, whether that was he just didn't want to play for the manager or he was just a bit down because he wasn't, I don't, I don't know. What it was a bit of a bit of a strange one. What do you guys think? Well, I think uh, <clears throat> in the in the article he was referencing his game time for Wales and and reading between the lines of that whether the Wales management team have got in his head, which I guess you know if he's going to be into the Wales management said why don't I get more game time? And he says. You're not playing at a high enough level on a regular basis. You know, Toba may take that away and process that. Certainly his agent seems to take that away and process that in a certain way, doesn't he? Um, and then I also read a little bit of frustration in the interview after Fotheringham had gone and, and just as one, it was announced almost. What the fuck did you do that for? If you, if you knew you were going to make that change, what on earth have you sent me out for? But, yeah, I mean, you are right, Nick. Freeing, getting him out, freed up room to bring in Knockout and hung boy. I said by knockout, by the way, I can't believe how many times he gave the ball away when he came on as a sub against Birmingham. I've never seen anything like it. But um, you know, to bring to bring Hungbo and knockout in in lieu of of Sorba, I guess will not the end of the season. Whether that was a great decision or or a moment of madness, but um, yeah, listen, fo- football to f- uh, it's 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 a. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to. He may have to come back and face the music. That—that's my worry for Sober is that that this is alienate in a section of the fan base. Town fans love a scapegoat, as you well know, and 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 football's fickle. So you know, some some fans will welcome him back with open arms, but some some will have it long in the memory, going back to to the point earlier about Yorkshire people and the way that we we react to to people who do it the right way. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's a lot of. It feels a bit like a bit of fuss about nothing, really. He started all five games for Blackburn, incidentally, while he's been there, which is interesting. So, you know, they clearly rate him enough to include him in his first 11, doesn't he? So, He's a player that was in the team that got to the Championship final last season and was one of the key cogs of that team. We dominated possession last year. We had far more chances and we were willing to take more risks in the final third because Sobri is that player. He will make some mistakes. Whereas this year, we're that shy, we weren't able to make the same kind of errors because we didn't get the ball back as quick. I think we weren't able to play football in the way that benefits his ability. And I think that's why you saw a massive drop-off this season. Yeah, there's an attitude issue, maybe, but I am a big believer that footballers have attitude issues and you have to have that attitude issue to have the drive to be a professional footballer. It is the most competitive profession probably in the world when it comes to how hard you have to work, how many people do it to actually make it to the top level. And Sober's at that top level. Championship footballer is one of the best 10,000 footballers in the world or whatever. And to get there, you have to have a bit of ego. You have to do it, especially as a goal scorer or somebody whose game it is to take somebody on one-on-one on a pitch, get round the back. Bit of John Barnes here, cracking on some kind of rap. But that's what you've got to have. And he's got it. So then for us to turn around and go, oh, well, he's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a wanker, isn't he? Because he's kicking off now. No, he's got to have that. And the reason why he's so good is because he's got that attitude. We didn't play the way that makes the best of him and his abilities. I think there's a lot of frustration there on both parts. I think it was very, very, very naive by town to get rid of him, to then get rid of Fotheringham just a couple of weeks later. That's very, very stupid because I think for Warnock, a front three of Ward, Hungbo, 
yeah, okay, we might have brought him in on the back of the money given to um, us from Saw, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we could have found another way of doing it. Might have not brought Lawton in. I don't know. There might have been another option we could have done. But well, we didn't have to bring Vaklik in. Probably he's probably where the actual money's gone when it comes to what's happened there. But we could have had a Hungbo, um, Sorba, Thomas and Danny Ward from free. Maybe that would be a, a really good option. Going for it. Kind of, in fact, I've not thought about it until now. I'm quite excited. I'll have to calm down a little bit. But Sorba, Thomas, there is a role for him in the team that we've got, the way that we played on Saturday. But up until then, with Fotheringham's approach, I don't think there was. And if that's what the intention was at that point till the end of the season, I think it was right to let Sorba go out. Yet now it feels a bit like, oh, what if we'd have had him? And coming into the season, like you say, guys, if it hasn't worked, we're thinking, well, how would we have done if we'd have kept Sorba Thomas? Would that have been would that have been the right call then? Because I don't actually see Knockout fitting in too well to Warnock system when we're after pace. I, I don't know where he's going to fit in for a starting line when he's after hard work, is it middle? It did. I tell you, he did do quite a lot with Knockout. I sit right but I sit on the in the upper tier, just off to the side of the dugout, and he involved Knockout in quite a lot of conversation during the game. You know, I think I think he sees him and Hogg as their as the as the on field links are two most mature, two most respected. So maybe there's an element of that. I think the other thing we saw, you know, is yeah, he, he was he was impressive, but he's had one decent season. He's 24. He's not a kid. You know, he's had one decent season and he's 24 years old. And by the way, he's on an awfully long contract with Huddersfield Town. So, and and we have a you know we have a reputation for not letting people roll us if they decide they want to leave, they leave on our terms. Generally speaking, when when uh, when Dean's in charge, so he needs to just be careful because if we do get relegated, he's too good for League One. I think we all accept that, but the ability for him to get the movie once or the deal he wants is going to be more difficult if he, if he's not you know if he doesn't manage it properly. So he might be he might only be twenty four though, guys, but he's young when it comes to how long he's played professional football for, isn't he? He only stepped up from Boreham Wood a couple of years ago, so he's not been in the system. He's not been um, systemized into a a perfect role model with all the social media etiquette policies that they follow and all the training. He won't have had any of that. He'll have had it. He's very young when it comes to experience in the professional game. And I think that has shown with how it's been dealt with uh, over the last couple of weeks or, or months. I think I, I think I come from, come at this from a, a bit of a different angle, fellas. I, I think it's pretty average what he's done. I, I, I hear, and, and I, I don't disagree, you know, were stupid to get rid of of uh, whether even if the rough diamonds were stupid to get rid of them. But I'm also I also probably go back to to the thing about what Gaz alluded to with Yorkshire people. You know, to me, he's been here a year. He, I can only think of the the Blackpool game last year where he really took a game by the bollocks and and actually did something. The 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 a lot of what he does is. Uh, it's set pieces, but he, he he wants to receive the ball on the standstill, and 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 I'm not sure he's the kind of man that that is going to go past the player to some extent. You know, he he blows hot and cold, and and I think that lack of consistency is is what frustrates me in when his attitude comes out, and and I think I think to be honest with you, that was that was quite clear at the start of the season when. Apparently, uh, non-playing staff within the club were having to have words with him because he won't stand in and having photos with kids. He won't sign in autographs with kids. And to be quite honest with you, yeah, I hear that. You know that that to be a professional footballer, you've got to have this kind of attitude. But also remember who remember who pays your wages and remember who you know looks up to you. And and actually, 
if there weren't those fans, then you won't be playing football to some extent. So I think there's got to be a middle ground with that. And I think, I think to be honest with you, it was just a toxic mix. His his ego with with Fotheringham's ego just uh, well, he's at Blackburn, so so that says it all, doesn't it? But I think I think to, for me, you know, he's he's right. He's he's got to come back to the club and he's got to face the music. And and you know, I think he we went from last season where he stood and with probably with Nabi Sarr a little bit. He stood and pretty much did the hef roll in front of the the cow shed and and danced with them and that kind of thing. To the start of this season, where you know there's rumours of him coming back from I think a Wales camp and and being arrogant and and as I say not not integrating with with some of the duties that he's he's doing. The stuff that's on social media about him, you know, as you said, he's probably not having the training and messaging lasses that he shouldn't be. And and I think it. I think he alienated, he alienated himself from the fan base, and and that wasn't that was all long before Fotheringham arrived. And and what I would say, you know, what I would say to to uh, to people questioning it is, a Schofield and Chicho as well to blame, you know, because seemingly they didn't quite get the song out of him that that Corbyn got last year. And so I, I'm I'm a bit mixed. I'm a bit I'm a bit more kind of on the 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 disappointed side with Sauber, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I thought I thought he had the opportunity to really forge a career at Town. They gave him they gave him a chance. He took it last season, and when he first took it last season, he was making comments about being humble and about you know he had a good grounding from uh, from kind of non-league, and and he seems to have. That seems to have just gone to his head a little bit, and you know, I'd be delighted if he could come back to the club and and make a go again. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. To be quite honest with you, problem is like a lot of it's a lot of it's hearsay as well, and like, this is a problem. This is a problem with social media, though, that it becomes quite toxic quite quickly. I, I didn't agree with all the abuse he got. I have to say at the beginning of the season, because to me, it was no his performances were no worse than the rest of the side. You know, we were all shit, weren't we? <laughs> there weren't there weren't anyone pulling any trees up at the start of this season. We were awful. I, I, I think if you put Sauber in the right team with the right manager, the right system that plays to his strengths, you will get a lot out of him and he'll flourish, but like any player, but I just think he didn't fit the way that we were trying to play this season. And He's still, yeah, he's still chipped in with assists, you know, for set pieces. He's very, very good and stuff. But you're right. It, I, I remember last season against Reading at home when he flicked it over a player and ran for on goal and we and we scored. And he, he weren't afraid to do that. This season, at the beginning of the season, it was almost like he was like, and, and a lot of the squad, it's like we're holding back a lot, and particularly under Fotheringham. It was like it was very militant and restrictive, and no one could really express themselves. And when you're a player like Sauber Thomas that wants to play on the front foot, you've got to not be scared to make mistakes and to take people on. And it didn't, that sort of culture, I don't think, has existed this season, to be honest. It's a bit different now. We want it, but I didn't see that under Fotheringham and Schofield, to be honest. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Most of the time, would, would you say though, Nick? Just and and again, going back to something Gaz said, you know, I think town fans forgive people 
for for some of that lack of quality. You know, if he tries to beat a man and don't quite beat him, but actually goes back and tries to win it, he wasn't doing that. He was just standing still and he was huffing and he was puffing and he were he were he'd, he'd run back and he'd just he'd just break someone off the feet. You know, he'd get a yellow card and everyone, you know, it was quite clear that he was sulking. And and it just, I think that's what stunk about him a little bit. It, you know, it just, it, it didn't feel like he was, he was brought into trying to graft his way out of it a little bit. It, it just felt like, well, like, you know, I did it last year, so you should be taking notice of me and you should be, you know, you should be feeding everything through me to a little, to, to some extent. And, and it just... I, I, I do agree with you. I don't agree with abusing people, and I don't agree with we kind of just going in and hammering folk. But I think it. I think it just was all a toxic mix of things that just that just. Well, it's ended in them going to black to to Blackburn, on it. So it, I think it just blew up. So much. It's probably another victim of having two inexperienced coaches back to back who didn't know how to handle somebody with that kind of, of attitude. We haven't got another international footballer in the squad. So, you know, so you're, perhaps there's perhaps an element of that twist that, that he was, he, you know, he's guilty of, or he's a victim, sorry, of the, of the scenario as the rest of us are, but he's not helping himself. That, that's the problem. You know, I think uh, better to say no and people think you're an idiot than open your mouth and remove all doubt. And, and that's where he's putting himself at the minute, unfortunately for me. He's not, know. yeah. He's, he's sorry, Trista. He's not. He's not helped himself on social media and what have you. Whether he means that or not, or to come across like that, I don't know. Like he's, you know, I, I don't know him as a person. I, I have no idea. But I mean, by all accounts, when he came to town, he had an amazing attitude to training, and he'd give hundred and ten percent. And you saw him as a as a sub, like he'd be on the bench, but he'd be studying, he'd be watching, he'd be he'd be sort of taking in what the others are doing and trying to learn from it. And by all accounts, it was really really motivated and you don't lose that overnight you know sometimes it just things conspire and it, it didn't look good did it I, I agree Tristan it didn't look good it didn't you know it looked like someone had been in his ear with his agent or whatever you know saying oh you've been to the World Cup now you should be doing better than this but you know what you've got to remember is you've actually got to play well before someone's going to sign you <laughs> and if he if he doesn't do well he's going to be at town for a while um so I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't help but thinking under Warnock we would have seen a different Sauber, and that that's that's a frustrating thing. And I'm I'm pretty. I mean, we can't. I'm, we can't recall him, can we? No. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. You know, it's it's just for me. It's an opportunity wasted to see what he could have done. I think I think for me though, just just take him and and take the the two other lads that really were were cast out to some extent. And Betty and and John Russell, you haven't heard a peep out of John Russell. He's not said he's not said a single word, and he could quite he could quite, you know. I think probably he was treated worse than Solver to some extent, and and Mbete, you know, real young kid, it probably could have ruined his career. And he's just gone. He's gone to Bolton, and I read an interview the other day, and he just said, "Well, in all honesty, you know, I I learned a lot from Huddersfield." You know, and and that might be coded. You know, I had an awful time, and 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 I'm glad to be out of there. But he didn't he didn't criticise, and I just thought, you know, fair play. He's he's been dealt with very differently to Sorba, and and bizarrely to Sorba, who's got to come back to the club, where them two don't. You know, and and 
I guess, do you wonder whether Silva's just trying to force a move away from the club and that's why he's come out and, and said that? I don't know. Doing quite well, John Russell at Barnsley, by all accounts as well. It's funny, isn't it, how, how, how it changes. <laughs> Get a different club and suddenly it's, it's com- they're like completely different players. But Right, lads, we've talked a lot, haven't we? Have we anything else that you want to cover before we wrap up for this one? No. Great stuff. It's getting late, isn't it? Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for all your contributions. Thanks, Tristan, Gaz and Ian. Um, we will be back soon after, well, what we hope is a, is a miracle at Burnley, three points. But either way, all we're hoping to see, like the rest of you, is a good performance, determined performance, 100% effort and commitment. And we can't ask any more, can we? But um, but fingers crossed we'll do all right. And then we'll reconvene. Lads, thank you very much. Guys, we'll, uh, we'll see you all again soon.